one farmer said to me lately, he says, Noel, he says, what scheme am I in? We seem to have... <laughs> I can we, well believe it, yeah. We seem to have so much engagement with you and, you know, your colleagues. Like, what are we in? Hello and welcome to AgriFocus. Today in studio, I'm joined by President of the Agricultural Consultants Association, the ACA, Noel Feeney. The ACA represents private agricultural consultants and advisors in Ireland. It has more than 160 member offices, employing about 280 agricultural and environmental staff and a few hundred more working in admin or the technical end of things. They provide advice and support to about 55,000 farmers across the country. And one of the key issues advisors help farmers with is slurry management in the context of nitrates regulations. Now, as we know, the closed period for slurry spreading ended last Saturday for farmers in Zone A, which is mostly counties in the southeast and east. But there are many more issues in relation to slurry that farmers uh, have to deal with, along with the help of their advisors, and they need to, to work out the details. Noel Feeney, thank you for joining us. The first thing I'm going to ask you, Noel, is what feedback are you getting from your member consultants about the level of pressure on their clients to meet slurry storage or export requirements? Thank you very much. Delighted to be here and Happy New Year to your listeners. Um, look at, I suppose, the month of January. It's it's an important month for uh, for farmers to be thinking about, you know, management of their slurry and looking at their slurry storage um, situation. And look, as we all know, we've had a terrible um, lead in from, you could say, last July. Grounds being continually saturated with high rainfall. So again, all those... Um, you know, situations lead into thinking about slurry in the month of January. And as you correctly said, Zone A opened up last Saturday. Zone B tomorrow, that would be the Roscommons, the Galways, the Clares, um, etc. And then Zone C then will be the 1st of um, February there in the more northern counties. So again, look, it's very important because, you know, as we're all aware at this stage, um, you know, there are issues there with water quality in Ireland. And we've had the European... Um, well, the European um, Commissioner over in Ireland last um, November, and all the talk that time was the loss of our derogation from 250 to 220 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare, which, in fairness, um, will you know put a lot of um, dairy farmers under pressure that's losing that um, number, that derogation. But look at the bottom line is here, and as the Commissioner said himself, it's in Ireland's hands to maintain our 220 kg, uh, kg of nitrogen per hectare. So again, this is the time for farmers to be thinking about what they're going to do because it's up on every, it's not just dairy farmers. Uh, dairy farmers count for about 10%. We have about 6,000 uh, dairy farmers in derogation. There's about another 7,000 farmers out there that's exporting slurry to stay within the 170. So again, it's, that's 10% of our farmers. So obviously, look at this involves every farmer for Ireland Incorporated. So again, look at the land. Um, how wet is it? Are you going to be able to travel? Are you going to keep away from from your open drains? Are you near water courses? Are you near lakes? Look at the land. If you don't need to put any slurry at the minute, if you're not under pressure, well, don't put out any. Because, again, it's important to match the slurry with the growing season and grass won't be actively growing until it reaches maybe four or five degrees. But, again, you know, if you're not under pressure, hold off. And um, But if you are under pressure, look at the land that you can put the slurry on. And, again, keep your buffer zones away. For example, if you have... Um, Dry drains, hedges, keep two metres away. If you have water courses, lakes, keep 10 metres away. And if you do happen to be near um, water sources for public water abstraction, like reservoirs or lakes, you keep 500 metres away. So again, look, at I would say to every farmer, 
Look at their own situation. Look at the weather forecast. Look at the soil. Um, is it wet? Is it too wet to go out? And if you're able to hold off, if you have the storage capacity, just delay it a little bit longer. But look, it's up to every farmer. We're all playing a role. And, you know, as, as, the, as the European Commissioner said, the, the, the maintenance of our 220 derogation is in our own hands. So, again, that would be the important message to us to get out to farmers. And Noel, from the advisors that you've been talking to, are they under pressure from, we'll say, let's take dairy farmers who are under pressure to find other farmers or farming enterprises that will import for them? Yes, that, 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 that is true. Um, look at, and that brings its own problems as well, because um, the Nitrate Directive, we're all operating to the Nitrate Directive. It's the law of the land, really. And um, there's been some subtle changes to the Nitrate Directive in the last year and a half. It has been updated in March 2022. And one of the important little updates that was there is that the nitrogen content of cactus slurry has changed from 5 kgs of nitrogen per hectare down to 2.5 kgs of nitrogen per hectare. So if you are an exporting farmer um, looking for a home for slurry, you have to maybe get rid of twice as amount of slurry and the importing farmer will have to take in twice as much. But, you know, have you got a nutrient management plan? Can you take in all that nitrogen? Can you take in all that phosphorus? Are you going to are you going to over overshoot the runway regarding your nitrogen and phosphorus allowance? So again, you know, advisors at the minute will be drawing up nutrient management plans, etc., seeing what the limits for um, nitrogen, you know, what what nitrogen we need to get rid of and what nitrogen um, farmers can take in. But look at the basis of all good nutrient management planning is soil sampling, and look at the the issue there with soil sampling is you know. Everyone, we have to have soil samples in for the acre scheme by the fifteenth of May, and laboratories, you know, there's going to be a tight schedule. They're working on the laboratories. There's pressure there and under advisors to get the get the soil samples done, get them taken. You might be waiting for four or five weeks to get results and then drop a nutrient management plan. So again, there is pressure there, but look at we're working through it. And I suppose, as you said there, you mentioned you're working on both sides of it for, for the farmer who obviously wants to export and, and the farmer who, who will be important, but to make sure that they stay within their own limitations as well. That's right, you see. And look at, as I say, you know, the whole, the whole farmers must be aware that the whole situation is tightened up like we are. Um, we have, we have, we have targets as a, as a country to reach by 2030 as regarding nitrogen uses and gases emissions, etc. And we are all familiar now with the fertilizer database that has come in as well. Um, every farmer example had to put in what their, what their closing stock was by the uh, 15th of October last year. And, you know, there's going to be farmers now in the next weeks, maybe ordering 18612s and 10-10-20s. That's all going to be recorded um, when they're purchasing it. That's all going to go into the mix as well. So again, you know, the need is there for, for farmers to, to get onto their advisors, engage with them um, and see what their limits are. Because look, at the end of the day, there are penalties. Penalties can be severe depending on the level that you go over your, 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 your criteria by. So again, it's important that there's engagement there and continual engagement right throughout the year because we only have a small, narrow window for taking soil samples, really and truly. Um, that's January, February, March. And then, you know, there's fertilizer going out and, you know, good soil sampling, you're talking about maybe leaving three months in between taking a soil sample and when fertilizer is put out in the land. So again, your next window then is maybe going into the back end, maybe September, October, November, December. So again, it's important to make, make use of those limited times, those windows. And what about slurry spread then, Noel? We've noticed a fair few slurry tanks on the roads since last Saturday morning and they might not have exactly been in zone A now to be quite honest with you. So, I mean, 
are farmers up to speed enough on the zones? Are they up to speed enough on the deadlines? Do you think they need more education or are they under pressure? What do you think is happening out there? I think I think there's a huge need for education amongst farmers. And I always said it that the Agricultural Consultants Association, you mentioned it there at the onset, uh, we have advisors right throughout the country. And we are we are we are private com- we are private companies, uh, sole traders. But we're dealing with up in 55, 60,000 farmers in Ireland, and that's over half the farmers. And I believe we are totally being underutilized by the Department of Agriculture. For example, um, on water quality, we have the ASAP program. We have got no funding under that. We're dealing with 60, we're dealing with all those farmers. We have no input there. And then there is, I believe, an EIP coming out on water quality very shortly. We have no input there as well. So look at what I would be saying to um, politicians and what I would say to government is here's a farm, uh, farm a set of farm advisors here that's dealing with 55 to 60,000 farmers. Why isn't that resource being utilised by the country? Because obviously we have targets to meet. And that's something as president that I would be hugely concerned about. And, you know, I think that has to be addressed. I think the whole advisory system in Ireland has to be addressed because at the end of the day, uh, it's all about farmers and we're looking to farmers to um, to jump these high ditches to um, to get to these levels that are required on the farms from water quality to biodiversity to gaseous emissions, emissions and look at we have a huge role to play here and we're being underutilised. What advice would you give? Now you mentioned some things already if a, a farmer came to you tomorrow morning in terms of maybe slurry storage for example. What advice would you give to a farmer who asked you tomorrow? about some basic tips or how they will get around their their slurry storage requirements or what should they do first? Well, I think it's important. Uh, It's not now. We should be looking at um, capacity. I think um, during the summer months, you know, farmers need to to, to plan ahead on their stock numbers, what they envisage keeping for the winter. Obviously the same with their with their with their with their fodder as well. But as regards, have we got have you got enough slurry storage? Are you overstocking? And if you are overstocking, well, obviously you're going to run into problems maybe into the month of January, February. So again, from a long distance out, farmers need to be looking at those practical situations. If they are going to increase stock numbers, they may need to look to apply for a TAMS grant um, to extend slurry storage facilities. And that way mean, you know, looking for a plan and permission and getting onto their advisor then to make the TAMS application. Uh, again, is there a neighbour uh, that may be able to take in slurry? Um, you know, there's a lot of farmers out there at the minute that have cut back in stock and they may have capacity. But again, you know, um, that that in that important farmer, we need to make sure that um, he's not going to, um, you know, overshoot his run with regards to nitrogen and phosphorus. So that important farmer would need to have a nutrient management plan uh, to let him know or her know what needs to be taken in. So there are a number of things. Um, if different parts of the country, if ground is good, can we get some lighter animals out? Can we take pressure off the system? Um, is there again? You know, it's important that we start planning about our slurry storage facilities way out in the when the cattle are gone out straight away in the spring and looking forward again. So forward planning is always important here. And Noel, we ran a story on AgriLand recently about how many uh, imports of slurry into farms were not verified yet. As you probably know yourself, it has to go through the system where the where the receiving um, herd number has to verify the import that they're taking in and and it was in the thousands. Now, is that just a backlog? Do you think that's down to advisors to help the farmers get these verified? Do you think, I mean, we've heard of cases where, you know, some farmers have said they've got a notification that they're importing slurry and knew nothing about it. Is it 
a heavy workload. What do you think is contributing to that? Okay, so we've moved away in the last year and a half to two years to from a paper exercise of recording slurry movements to an online system. And it's on the nitrogen phosphorus system on ag food. Now, say, for example, you're exporting slurry to me. Um, say you're exporting, say, 200 cubic metres to my farm. You will, you or your advisor will input that on the system. And then um, my phone then will, the department will send a message to my phone to say there's unverified slurry movement. So I, as a farmer, must go into the ag food and download it and verify it. Or I contact my advisor to go into the ag system and download it and verify it. Now, one of the problems I think here that's happening is that the farmer is receiving those text messages, but also believes that his, his or her advisor is receiving those text messages as well. And they're not double checking. So again, if you're getting that text message, you need to contact your advisor because the advisor does not receive that text message from the Department of Agriculture. The other, the other, the other situation too, I believe, is that the we have a lot of piggeries out there that's exporting um, pig slurry to farmers. Obviously, piggeries are working under EPA licenses and they have to record where these slurry exports are going as well. And um, I think um, there's work to be done there in, 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 the, in the pig industry, um, you know, to make sure that they are all well aware of um, what the requirements there, of, there are and um, to notify their own, their, 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 their people that they're taking, they're, they're giving slurry to as well. So again, look at, I think a lot of this is education, a lot of this has fallen down between the two stools that, um, you know, the I've got the text message as a farmer, surely my advisor is getting a text message, but that is not the case or that won't be the case. So again, I think it's important that, you know, that everyone is alert to the fact that there is going to be a verification of slurry required at such and such a date. Now at the minute, that is not done on a real-time basis, but who's to say down the road that that mightn't be done maybe a seven-days notification? We don't know. In the wider context then of the, the nitrates regulations, which you mentioned from the offset, you know, slurry is, is part of water regulations and ensuring that we have improved water quality in this country. Some banks are now apparently stress testing, you know, uh, farm finance, particularly we'll say maybe to dairy farmers who'd be looking for finance on the 170 kilos of nitrogen per hectare under nitrates regulations. And I suppose this is an effort by the banking sector, no more than any other sector, who are all trying to do their bit in terms of the environment, sustainability, um, and the financing that goes with this. Um, how do you think from, from your own consultant members uh, and the feedback you're getting from them, how do you think farmers are dealing with this, especially when they're probably a little bit under pressure to, to get the finance in the first place. Maybe they have to buy extra land for, for to keep their stocking rate and so on. Yeah, look, it's it's something new. Um, it's something new that maybe some of our advisors have come across and, you know, they have engaged with the, with the banks to see what the requirements are there. And look at if an advisor is asked to, to help as part of, as you know, to give information as part of the loan, stocking rates, um, for example, uh, potential stocking rates, um, slurry storage capacity, farmyard manure capacity, whatever, you know, that can be all put into, um, not into detail, into part of the farm, into the farm plan. And that farm plan also can be submitted as part of the whole package as, re as required in finance. Now, obviously, again, you know, the banks will be made aware of that there's difference the farmers in could be in an acre scheme or the farmer may be in an organic scheme which is so on um, responsibility for the local environment. And also 
the banks will be made aware too as well in that plan that there is there are TAMS grants there as well. So look at it. As I said, there's various different things that we can put into that. But on an individual basis, I suppose all farms are different, but farmers or their advisors will be, I think it's a, it's a new thing that's happening and that will become more exposed to that as time goes on. The nitrates derogation then, Ireland is one of the, the rare countries that still has a derogation, Noel, albeit now at a more reduced rate than we previously had it. What do you foresee is coming down the road in the next, we'll say, two to five years? Do you think that we'll retain that derogation? Well, look, at at the minute we have um, our nitrate directive. And as I said to you earlier on there, that was revised um, in March 2022. Now, there are little changes and touches to that NITRE directive um, as we go along. But what I would be suggesting is that leave that NITRE directive alone as it is. This needs time to filter through the system to all farmers. And, you know, I would expect that, you know, with that NITRE directive and with education and with proper advice, our water quality will um, stabilise. Going back to the, the European Commissioner again, it's totally within our own hands, water quality. And as I say, it's not that's not just the dairy sector, it's all sectors of farming. And, you know, we have a huge, huge, um, huge, one of the things Ireland has, it has a huge and finely tuned advisory service, both public and private. And look at, as I say, let's make use of the private, the private advisory service there. Let's finance it. Let's get education into every household, into every farm, on the responsibilities that they have towards water quality. And if that was to happen, I'm quite sure that over very quickly, um, our water quality would stabilise. And as I say, it would be important that it is because obviously that 220 derogation is so important, especially for our dairy industry. With all of the schemes, obviously slurry is a big topic at the moment for all your advisors and, and your members in the Agricultural Consultants Association, Noel, and I'm sure they're getting plenty of queries every day now about the slurry, slurry storage and, and the nitrates, but there are a number of schemes and it seems like every week there's a plethora of deadlines, you know, coming for one scheme or another. How are advisors dealing with that at the moment? Um, because I'm sure they have a massive client base, every one of them. You never hear about an advisor who's always up to his tonsils or her tonsils. So how are you helping farmers educate them about the deadlines? What deadlines should they be aware of? And what things are coming up? Well, you know, I suppose if we look at the last 15 months, say from October 2022, um, where was we got the terms and conditions of Acres 1 and... Since that, advisors have been flat out advising farmers regarding the different schemes. We've had a plethora of schemes, as you say, most of them um, with closing dates, very, very short windows. Some of them with closing dates the same day. And, you know, as an advisory, as an advisory body, private consultants, we are running our business. We're very flexible. Um, we're not talking about nine to five office hours here now the last 15 months. And look at advisors. And I'm very proud of our advisory system um, as regards to private consultants we've delivered for our clients. Uh, but there is a cost to that. And um, look, at, you know, people have, have have serious, you know, they had serious problems, you know, meeting these deadlines. Um, health and safety. We talk about health and safety for farmers, health and safety for advisors. Uh, advisors are out walking highlands and lowlands for acres during the depths of that last winter, very poor ground conditions, health and safety issues there, um, health and safety issues, pressure, pressure is a huge thing. And a lot of farm, a lot of advisors, uh, you know, have talked to me about pressure 
Um, you know, they've, they've felt pressure on themselves and their family has felt pressure. And like, as I say, there is a cost to all these deadlines and it's something going forward um, to the next cap reform. And that's only around the corner because time goes very quick, as we all know. There has to be a proper plan put in place um, going forward that all these schemes are not running at the same time, that there are suitable windows um, of opportunities to apply for the schemes. And that we start, you know, application for these schemes from a long distance out and maybe leave the windows open longer. Um, maybe some of these schemes could be doubled up or whatever um, involved in one bigger scheme. But as I say, it has been a hectic 15 months. Um, advisors have felt the pressure and I suppose it's communicating, it's, it's communicating that to the department. Also, we have a KT situation at the minute that has risen its head in the last week. And, you know... The KT was a fine scheme back in 2015-2016 um, where we, we got farmers together in a group and we discussed different things like water quality and like slurry spreading, different things like that. And we, you know, we farm advisors facilitated the groups. And um, number one, it was a great social gathering, maybe once every two or three weeks. Farmers got a few pounds for attending it and advisors got, got their money for, for facilitating the groups. In the new KT, similar terms and conditions, but now we have eight group meetings to do versus five, and there is one one-to-one -one meetings. And a circular came out last week from the department stating that those one-to-one -one meetings, um, you only could do two per day, and they had to be done by the end of March before you could do any group meetings. This is another example of uh, moving goalposts. This is another example of a deadline we didn't know about. This is all going to overlap with BISCRIS and ECO 2024. This is going to overlap with a very, very busy soil sampling program. So again, look, at we are asking for some common sense here. You know, this is putting more pressure on the advisory system. And um, look, at we need a bit of common sense here to get these one-to-one -one meetings completed within a reasonable period of time, but not under such a, small, a short deadline and under, with, short, uh, with a short um, notification of terms and conditions. So again, it's all about planning it out. So it's really an onus, I suppose, on the department to look at what's feasible and what's not, because I know that a lot of complaint from advisors, from Chagask advisors as well, from farmers themselves, is just that everything, they feel a bit shortchanged, Noel, I'll be honest with you, because they're trying to meet deadlines and get in by deadlines at 5 p.m. on such and such a date. And they're, you know, they're penalised if they're not, they're not in if they don't get in. And next thing, Farmers went through Christmas and they had a penny in their bank account from the department. It comes across as slight double standards. I'm not saying that the department is not under pressure as well. It is. But like you were saying earlier in terms of further thinking and rearranging schemes not to all come together. Clearly, there wasn't a, a strategic overview here when they were starting rolling out schemes from, from the department, be it coming from Europe or whatever, because everything came at the same time. Advisors are under pressure. Farmers are under pressure. Department IT systems are under pressure. It's not really the way to go and it's not, forward. And it's not, it's not sustainable. No. And I think there's been, a, there has to be, and there must be a valuable lesson learned after the last year and a half, that this cannot continue on and that there has to be responsibility taken by the department to look at going forward. Obviously, we will have more schemes, but we need to start planning that now. And we need to start planning that there is an advisory service here, but the end user is our farmers. And again, as I say, you know, with all this rushing and um, getting in deadlines in, human error is a huge thing that raises its ugly head. Um, human error, if I make say, make a very simple mistake or I omit something, 
there's penalties for the farmer. That's going to affect me as well. And, you know, the whole structure and appeal system as regarding human error, force mature, things like that, that needs to be totally reevaluated by the by the Department of Agriculture as well. Because, like, we're all human beings at the end of the day and working under these tight deadlines, you know, clerical errors. Like, I know, for example, that if an accountant makes a mistake or an accountant is late with a deadline with revenue, there's none of, the, there's none of these horrendous penalties um, go on to their clients. So, again, that whole system has to be looked at as well. And it's something that ACA will be looking at as a charter. We have a charter of farmers' rights. Um, there should be a, some sort of a, a similar similar charter for advisors as well. So again, look at I think the whole, come back to what I said earlier on, the whole advisory system in Ireland needs to be re-looked at, re-evaluated and teased out where are we all going for the next cap reform because we have time, we've learned some valuable, we've learned some valuable lessons now and I think everybody, um, public advisory, private advisory, Department of Agriculture, all the all the interested bodies, farmers, just needs to be sit down because you know this can't happen again. This was fifteen months of absolutely nonstop, um, you know, people under pressure, farmers under pressure, penalties, um, you know, human error, clerical errors, things like that. And you know, one farmer said to me lately, he says, "Noel, he says, what scheme am I in?" We seem to have. <laughs> I can we, well believe it. Yeah. We seem to have so much engagement with you, and you know your colleagues. Like, what are we in? And um, we, as advisors, don't have the full um, IT to tell them. You know what money they're getting, etc. Hopefully, we'll get that this year. Um, farmers won't know what they've really got or what schemes they're in until they get their February statement. And again, you know. It's something else I would ask for as well, and that's a huge investment in department IT systems. Uh, going back to our slurry and going back to nitrate derogations, like I've had horror stories from um, from colleagues of mine that soil samples weren't up, the department weren't uploaded, they weren't received, the farmer has received letters saying they've been thrown out of derogation. Like, you know, all the, all the advisor has is a screenshot. Um, you know, the IT system is not up to scratch. So look, at we need a revised IT system for derogation applications, the whole nitrate section. We need improved IT, BIS, Chris and ECO. And I know that is under is working at the minute. Acres IT is another situation. So again, IT right throughout the Department of Agriculture, I think needs a huge upgrade, both for Department of Agriculture themselves, advisors, and for all the end users, the farmers. So again, that is a must, must, a must to do list as well. Absolutely. Some very valid points there made by Noel Feeney, the president of the Agricultural Consultants Association. Thank you very much for joining us on the AgriFocus podcast today. That's all we have time for for this episode of AgriFocus. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to them on the AgriLand uh, smartphone app or on your computer and share it with anyone who you think might like to listen or might be interested. Until the next time from myself Stella Meehan goodbye and take care